Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. I'll be reading today for days 733 through 735 of my daily Zohar reading, which corresponds to part two of the Zohar, pages 152b through to 153b. I'm going to be reading it only in English today. Um, just uh, have a lot on my plate right now, so hopefully I'll be able to get back to the Aramaic at least a couple of times this week. Uh, this corresponds also to page 389 of the Pritzker edition Zohar, translated by Professor Daniel Matt. All colors bode well in a dream, as has been said, except blue, since it is a throne for rendering the judgment of souls. This rung is one, but when it engages in capital cases, it is the color blue, as we have already established. When a person sees this color, he is reminded to enact the commands of his Lord. As with the serpent, when they saw it, they felt the awe of the Blessed Holy One and guarded themselves. And when that awe of the Blessed Holy One came upon them, they were immediately healed. Who caused this? That serpent, that lash upon which he, they gazed. So too blue. You will see it and remember all of Yudhavhe's commandments. Numbers 15.39. Out of awe for him. Consequently, blue. Exodus 25.4 Rabbi Yitzchak said, Concerning what my master has said, blue is the throne of judgment, and when she assumes this color, she is a throne to adjudicate capital cases. When is she compassionate? He replied, When the cherubim turn their faces toward one another and gaze face to face. Once those cherubim gaze face to face, all colors are enhanced, and the color blue turns into another color, turning white-green like the color gold. So, by the changing of colors, she changes from judgment to compassion, and from compassion to judgment, all by the changing of colors. As Israel arranges herself before the Blessed Holy One, so all exists and is arranged. Therefore, it is written, Israel in whom I glory, Isaiah 49.3, in those colors whose whole beauty is included in one another. You shall make a table of pure gold, Exodus 25.23. Rabbi Chizkia, open, when you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless Yudevavi, your God. Deuteronomy 8.10, how happy are Israel, for the Blessed Holy One delighted in them and drew them close to him from all other nations. For the sake of Israel, he gives sustenance and satisfaction to the whole world. Were it not for Israel, the Blessed Holy One would not give sustenance to the world. Now that Israel are in exile, all the more so do the nations receive sustenance. For one, two, when Israel dwelled in the Holy Land, they gave some of the remnants to the other nations who were nourished by only by remnants. Now that Israel are in exile, the situation is reversed. This may be compared to a king who prepared a meal for his household. As long as they fulfill his will, they eat together with the king, and the dogs are given a portion of bones to scrape. When the members of his household do not fulfill the will of their lord, he throws the whole meal to the dogs and leaves them the bones. Similarly, as long as Israel fulfill the will of their Lord, they eat right at the table of the king, and the entire meal is prepared for them. And when out of their joy they give, they give bones, which are the remnants to the other nations. But whenever Israel do not fulfill the will of their Lord, the meal goes right to the dogs, and remnants are left for them. So shall the children of Israel eat their bread impure among the nations to which I will banish them. Ezekiel 4.13 For they eat the remnants of Gentile abhorrence. Woe to the king's son who sits and waits at the servant's table. What is left over, what is left over from the table he eats. 
King David said, You set out the table before me in the face of my foes. You moisten my head with oil, my cup overflows. Psalm 23.5, You set out a table before me, the king's meal. In the face of my foes, those dogs sitting in front of the table, waiting for their portion of bones, while he sits with the king at the table, delighting in the meal. You moisten my head with oil. The main course for all the oil and fat and the finest dish are given first to the intimate friend of the king. What is left over afterward is given to the dogs and those table servants. My cup overflows. The cup in front of the king's friend is always full, so that he doesn't have to ask. According to this mystery, were Israel in relation to the other nations. Rebekiah was going to Rabbi Shimon in Tiberias, and with him were Rabbi Yaakov, son of Edi, and Rabbi Yesa the younger. While they were going, Rabbi Yesa said to Rebekiah, It is surprising what is written, but to the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite, show kindness, and let them be among those who eat at your table. <coughs> 1 Kings 2.7 If so, all the faithful kindness was for them to eat at his table and nothing more. From his saying here, and let them be among those who eat at your table. Furthermore, it does not befit the honor of the king for another person to eat at his table. The king should be alone with all his ministers around him, below him. We're now on page 153a, part 2. Mechiah said, I have heard nothing about this, and I will not speak. He said to Rabbi Yaakov, Have you heard anything about this? He replied, <coughs> Excuse me? He replied, You who suck every day from the honey of supernal oil have not heard? How much the less have I? <coughs> he said to Rabbi Yesa, Have you heard anything about this? He replied, Even though I am a boy and have come to you only recently and was unworthy previously, I have heard. He opened, saying, Who gives food to all flesh, for his love is forever. Psalm 136.25 What prompted David to mark the conclusion of the great Hallel with this verse? Well, there are three rulers above, through whom the Blessed Holy One is known, and they are his precious mystery, the brain, the heart, the liver, and the liver. They act the opposite of this world. Above, the brain receives first and then gives to the heart. The heart receives and gives to the liver. And then the liver gives a portion to all those sources below, every single one fittingly. Below the liver receives first, and then brings all near to the heart, and the heart receives. Once it has received and been invigorated from the very vigor and delight that it received, it gives to the brain, stimulating it. Then the liver resumes distributing to all sources of the body. Footnote 585, corresponding to three organs in the human body, the brain, heart, liver, according to medieval physiology based on Galen, these are the three main organs. The liver receives the digestive food, digested food and transforms it into nutritive blood, which flows through the veins, nourishing the peripheral organs. Some blood enters the right chamber of the heart from where it passes through the lungs and the septum to the left chamber. There the blood mixes with pneuma, spirit, producing vital blood, which reaches the brain and the rest of the body via the arteries. However, in the spherotic realm, the process is reversed. The divine brain, Chochman Binah, receives the initial flow of emanation from Keter and conveys this to the heart, Tiferet, who gives it to the liver, Shechina, who in turn feeds the lower worlds. <coughs> Back to the text. On a human fast day, one stimulates above in that very same manner, while on a day of satiation, not so. On a fast day, a person offers food and drink to the supernal liver. What does he offer? His fat, his blood, and his will. 
The liver receives all willingly. Once all is nearby, it takes and offers all to the heart who reigns over it. Once the heart receives and is invigorated by this desire, it offers all to the brain. Supreme ruler over the whole body, then the liver resumes distributing portions to all those sources and limbs below. At another time, when the brain receives first and then gives to the heart, and the heart gives to the liver and the liver to all those sources below, then, when it wishes to distribute nourishment to this world, first it gives it to the heart, who is the king on earth, and the king's table is stimulated first before all and other inhabitants of the world. Happy is he who is counted among those at the king's table, for he is recognized to be favored with that bounty from above. Consequently, the faithful kindness that David showed to the sons of Barzillai, as is written, let them be among those who eat at your table. <clears throat> now you might say, someone other than the king eats at the king's table. However, the king eats first, and then all the people. And those who eat along with the king while he is eating are the most beloved to him of all and are designated as members of the king's table. Now you might say, but look at what is written at the king's table he would always eat. 2 Samuel 9.13 Because all the food came from it, no other reckoning was made but at the king's table. Since his food and sustenance came from there, this is at the king's table he would always eat. Rebekiah came and kissed him on the head and said to him, You were a boy, yet you su- yet supernal wisdom dwells in your heart. Meanwhile they saw Rebekiah coming. Rebekiah said to him, Surely in this fellowship the Blessed Holy One will join us, for new words of Torah will be innovated here. They sat down to eat and said, Let each of us say words of Torah during this meal. Rabbi Yesa said, This is an improvised meal, but nevertheless it is called a meal. Furthermore, this is called a meal enjoyed by the Blessed Holy One, and of this is written, This is the table that is before Yudhevavhe, Ezekiel 41.22, for words of Torah will surround this place. Rabbi Chia opened, saying, when you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless Yudhevavhe, your God. Deuteronomy 8.10 Now shouldn't a person bless the Blessed Holy One even before he eats to satiation and has filled his belly? Now we're on page 153. If so, how can we establish when you have eaten and are satisfied and then you shall bless? Well, even if a person eats only as much as an olive and his intention is upon it and he considers that food his essential food, it is called satisfaction, as is written, opening your hand and satisfying the will of every living thing. Psalm 145.16 It is not written and satisfying the appetite of every living thing, but rather the will, the will that he focused on that eating is called satisfaction. For even if there is nothing in front of a person except a little bite, bite the size of an olive, a little bit the size of an olive and nothing more, he has set the will of satisfaction upon it. Therefore, and satisfying the will of every living thing, it is written will and not appetite. Consequently, you shall bless surely. A person is obligated to bless the Blessed Holy One in order to give joy above. Rabbi Chizkiah opened with this verse after him, saying, When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless Yudhevavhe, your God. From here we learn that a drunkard is permitted to recite grace after meals, which is not so with prayer. With prayer this is not so, for fine prayer is without eating. Why? Because prayer ascends above, above, a place where there is neither eating nor drinking. Concerning this we have learned, in the world that is coming there is neither eating nor drinking, whereas in other rungs below there is. 
In grace after meals appears another aspect, and that blessing is fine, situated in satisfaction, for grace after meals is in a place of eating and drinking, from which nourishment issues below, and therefore one must display before it satisfaction and joy. In the place of prayer not so, for it ascends further, above, above, and therefore a drunkard should not offer prayer. Footnote 595, unlike prayer in general, grace after meals pertains to eating, drinking, and satisfaction. Thus it is associated with Shekhinah, who nourishes the lower worlds. Back to the text. In grace after meals, a drunkard is permitted to offer blessing, as implied by the verse, when you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless Yudhe your God. When you have eaten, eating, and are satisfied, drinking, for satisfaction is with wine. Being intoxicated with wine is satisfaction, and this is a drunkard. And it is written, you shall bless et, et precisely. This implies that grace after meals requires sat, requires satisfaction and joy. For the good land, Deuteronomy 8.10, what is tovah good? Satisfaction, as is said, we were sated with food and we were tovim, well. Jeremiah 44.17, therefore, joy and satisfaction are required. Rabbi Yesa open, you shall make a table of acacia wood. Exodus twenty five twenty three. This table stands in the dwelling. Why? Because from it issues nourishment to the whole world. This table must not be empty for even one moment, but rather have food upon it, for a blessing does not appear upon an empty place. Therefore bread must be upon it constantly, so that supernal blessing will be constantly present, and from that table issue blessings and food to all other tables of the world which are blessed through it. <clears throat> Every person's table must always remain before him when he blesses the blessed Holy One, so that blessing from above will settle upon it, and it should not appear empty. For blessings from above do not settle in an empty place, as is written, What do you have in the house? Two kings, for two as the companions have established. Of a table at which words of Torah have not been spoken, it is written, Surely all tables are full of filthy vomit without a space, Isaiah 28.8. And it is forbidden to bless at such a table. Why? Because there is a table, and th- there is a table, and then there is a table. There is a table set before the Blessed Holy One above, standing ready constantly to be arranged with words of Torah and absorb the letters of words of Torah. It gathers them in, embracing all of them within, and by them it is perfected and delighted. Of this table is written, This is the table that is before Yudhe Ezekiel forty one twenty two. Before Yudhe not from before Yudhe there is another table which has no share in Torah and has no share in the holiness of Torah, and that table is called filthy vomit, and this is without makom, the omnipresent, for it has no share in the side of holiness at all. Therefore, a table at which words of Torah have not been spoken is a table of filthy vomit, a table of a false god. That table has no share in the mystery of the supernal God. Uh, okay, that was it. Uh, actually, so the reading was actually... Uh, yep, that was correct. One fifty. To B through 153B. That's it for today's reading. Take care.